This call is now being recorded. Hello, everybody. It is the Master Blaster Podcasters once again coming at you. Dirty Mouth Morgan, and I am Dylan. Um, welcome. We have uh, we have just completed a news of the day, and I can do this because we're going to post this basically right after our uh, news of the day, which turned into basically Israel versus Palestine and the news of the war that's going on there. But we're going to lighten it up a little bit. We've got a continuation of our best of horror movies. We did the best of 1970s, 1980s. Now we're going to do 1990s. We're going to split this up into two parts. Uh, anybody that's listened to our podcast, they've come through full and clear. Anybody on YouTube that has listened to them or watched them, they have to cut short. Um, so we have since learned that our, our files need to be separated um, when doing this for YouTube. Otherwise, on our our feed dashboard, we can't upload them to YouTube with, with that with the size, I guess, if we're going to do like a two-hour or one three hours, I believe. So we're going to do this in a parts one and two. We're going to do basically number 20 through number 11 and then number 10 through number one. And we're going to start basically when we get down to, we don't exactly have the same amount. I think I have 22. Uh, Dirty, you've got, what, 24? Yes. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll start off, me and him, we'll just do like the, the four, he's got four, I got two for the, the 20. When we get to 20, we'll start a countdown basically. 20, we'll do our 20 and we'll go down to one. All right, so just as a basis, though, 80s and the 70s were a real heyday for horror movies in the 1990s. A little bit of a drop-off, and even to the current day, um, not that there's not a lot of horror movies being produced, it's not quite the, and Dirty, tell me if you agree with this, not quite the underground thing it used to be. I mean, Evil Dead, and even like Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, a lot of these underground films made very little money that blew up and became major franchises. Yeah. Um, since then, horror movies, it's not been the same. It's its all really more big business. Uh, not done nearly as well. One thing I like about the older horror movies is I love the dark ambiance of the films. It gives a foreboding uh, sort of look and theme. The music, of course, of the 70s and 80s was brilliant uh, compared to the newer ones. But there have been some good ones of recent vintage. So let's go through the 1990s one, and we'll start. Uh, Dirty, I guess let's start with you. Let's do your your ones of, like, say, 21, 22, 23, 24. First, I'll do my two that are outside of the 20, and then we'll start with our list. And let's, uh, you know, if you if you have something, again, if one person has a movie, if the other person has it but it's further down, very little – that person can do very little explaining because they'll be talking about it when they present their movie at whatever number it is further down the list. If it's not on the list, then I'm going to go ahead and, and Dirty's going to go ahead and, and make a comment about it because that's our only chance, of course, if we don't have it on the list to comment about it. So, Dirty, let's get into this. Number 24, the best horror movie of the 1990s. Uh, and feel free at any point, too, if you want to make a generalization about a comment about Horror movies in the 1990s, feel free. Uh, we should have plenty of time for this because we're splitting it up. Right. Yeah, uh, I have on my list uh, the movie Kronos by uh, Del Toro. Uh, I like it. It's 
And this is something I noticed with like nineties horror. Um it's 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 scary but it's really uh like technical and uh intricate and uh it, it's just uh it's a really bizarre movie but it's it's really interesting and uh like it's it's almost steampunkish. Yeah, Del Toro is definitely a guy that has taken up the uh the mantle of of one of the best horror directors of recent vintage. He definitely learned from the greats and he's made a number of movies. I have to say, Dirty, I haven't seen quite a bit of Del Toro's movies. Um besides that I saw the big Japanese uh his take on the big Japanese I don't know, Transformers, for lack of a better term, uh, that were fighting in the ocean. Oh, uh, do you remember that? Uh, yeah, um, not Prometheus. Oh, I forgot. Um, yeah, it's just his, uh, his, his, uh, Kuju or Kanju, right, uh, right. style film. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. So that was, that was good. Um, just the way I wanted it too, because very little, um, characterization. I don't give a shit about the characters. Just a ton of action. Um, anyway, I've not seen Kronos. Um, is there any, do you have like a brief description? And again, to the audience, we're going to try the best we can to stay away from spoilers. We're not going to give away the endings. We'll tell you about segments of them without giving away the juicy. We're trying to get you to go see these uh, movies and not tell you the whole thing about it. But do you have a brief description about uh, the movie um, and what you liked about it so much. I just liked it. Uh, it's it's really unique and it's it's uh, it's ahead of its time. It's about a about an older man. Uh, I believe it takes place in Spain, uh, and he he collects uh, artifacts. And there's one that he has that's like basically a it's a machine. He releases and it. A like mechanical demon will crawl out and then it'll take possession of you. Um, cool. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really good. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful cinematography. I don't know. I just like it. Um, I discovered it when I was looking up his movies. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I enjoyed the, uh, enjoyed the soundtrack and, and uh, just visually it's a, it's a great movie. Cool. Okay. So that's uh, you've got four here to give four gifts to our top twenty. What is your number three? We'll call them uh, whatever best of extras or what do you call it? What do you, if something just misses like your list? You give it a uh, what is that like mentionable honor something of honor honorable mention honorable mention yeah. So what is your honorable mention number two? Uh, the Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, kind of crossing the boundary. Um, Dirty, I don't know about you, but I have a few from this decade that are arguable whether or not they're horror movies or not. Right. Yeah. Um, can you just, what do you think now? Obviously, that's Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Can you say why you think that uh, belongs in horror and, and why you liked it? <clears throat> uh, I liked it. I liked the script and I like the story. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's the devil, uh, who's become corporatized because he discovered that's the way 
you know, that he can be amongst humans. <clears throat> Keanu Reeves plays his son, who he doesn't, you know, doesn't know until the end that he's, the, you know, he's just, he's the, I want to say the Antichrist. Um, but uh, there's scenes, you know, there's scenes where it's basically the, you know, it's basically loosely talking about the seven deadly sins, but, you know, you see, you, you, you know, some of the characters reveal themselves to, to have, you know, hate or to be evil, and it, and it, they reveal themselves and commit horrible acts of violence and murder people. Uh, the way uh, there's a sex scene um, where Pacino is hooking up with like two other women, uh, and the way they, the way they filmed it, and the special effects where they're intertwined, um, the way the demons look. Um, and Pacino just, uh, it's more just his performance or it's a great role because he gets to, you know, freak out and do his Pacino thing and, and yell. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I just liked yeah. it, but it's, yeah, it's more performative. I have to say that in a lot of these nineties movies where it's like, they, they, they wrote a lot of really good scripts. It wasn't just about the monsters. It was about the story. So, um, that's kind of like, kind of why I got into it. So, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I mean, that was a very good era for Al Pacino. We're talking about the 90s. He was a real resurrection in his career. Um, the, the year after Devil's Advocate, he did maybe my favorite performance of him, which was in Donnie Brasco, uh, the mob movie with Johnny Depp. Um, in yeah. the Devil's Advocate, of course, earlier on, he, in the, in the decade, he won the Oscar for, uh, with the, 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 the blind guy. Scent of a woman. Yeah, yeah. So it was a yeah, big decade for him. I have to say, man, Shirley Theron, I believe, right? Played Keanu Reeves' yeah. girlfriend in that movie. Uh, she's a great yeah. actress. Um, I do have to admit, I, I really, really think that Keanu Reeves is lacking a lot in the acting department. Um, I, I really don't think he has a lot of depth. Um, I, I think he's a basic... Uh, he, he doesn't emit emotion very well. And he can't play any characters that I've ever seen. Uh, Bill and Ted is really probably who he was at one point in his life when he was younger. Um, he's a classy guy, really classy guy. He's been in some great films, huge fan of The Matrix. Um, but there's a debate about that because some people think he really stinks as an actor. Some people think he's really good. So... Um, okay, well, Devil's Advocate, definitely a popular movie. Uh, let's say, you know, we got to number three on your honorable mention list. Uh, the Ninth Gate. Oh, 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 how did I miss that? I, I would have put that on my list. I missed that. I love that movie, man. Great choice. It's just, uh, classic. Even though I'm not a, I, I can't stand, uh, What's his name? Uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, he's a piece of But that's his, you know, that's uh, actually his specialty, though, is creepy, satanic cults, you know, underground, gross, you know. Uh, so I I think it's, it's I think it's great. Uh, I think Johnny Depp's in, in it is pretty good. Yeah. Um, it just, it's, it's got that something about, like, cults and like you know hidden organizations and you know 
uh, covens and all that shit. They, they, shit's always creeped to me out and like, and it's like kind of annoyed me <clears throat> where you're just like, why can't they all just be discovered and all that? But, um, yeah, it's a good movie. I liked it. I, I was, you know, I, I, I liked it. I just liked, you know, the fact it made me feel, uh, creeped out was pretty good. So. Yeah, very good cast. Besides Johnny uh, Johnny Depp, Lena Olin, I think, is a very good actress. She plays sort of the um, head female of this cult, uh, yeah. which is led uh, apparently by Frank Langella, another great actor yeah. who was a really shitty Dracula uh, back in the day. Uh, not as bad as, as some others, but he's really had some very good performances. Um, I love the backdrop of this plot, how they have him as a book dealer. I love right. how he goes to different parts of Europe. The cinematography is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I love the scene where he rips off a, a book dealer, or he rips off a family. This, this guy who's, um, uh, he can't talk anymore, and his sons, before he dies, are selling off his, his books. And the Don Quixote he sells them and he's like, oh, it's an original Don Quixote, which is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, I believe. And he, he basically grips the family and says, oh, this isn't, this is out of, nah, this is, this is a very common book. This is, I don't know, I'll give you like $2,000, $3,000 for it. And they're like, yeah. sure. And, and the guy can't talk anymore is in his wheelchair and you can see him, his head is about to blow off because of the, the world, how they're getting ripped off with that. They don't even understand how, what kind of a, a huge collection that is. Love that backdrop from that movie. Okay, so let's get to your final select, your final honorable mention for 94. Uh, I'd have to say Leprechaun. Cool, okay. Leprechaun? Yeah, uh, just I liked how they uh, – I didn't see it when it came out, but I saw it later on, and uh, – I like the take on it on, you know, leprechauns and how f fucking, you know, evil they are and, um, like they're, you know, deceitful and mischievous and, uh, um, how he just fucks through, fucks with everybody throughout the, the movie and, uh, uh, the guy who plays leprechaun, um, he, he's a good actor. What's that guy's name? Um, oh, the guy from Willow. Was in Willow. Yeah. yeah, he's fucking funny as hell. Yeah, he's great as a leprechaun. Um, and they did a million of those movies too. Yeah, um, I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't give a shit about that. Warwick, yeah, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. There you go. Love that guy. Um, all right, so that I think that's it for your honorable mention list, right? Yeah. Okay. So I got uh, one, two, three on my honorable mention list. Number one, um, a huge movie. Well, I mean, if we, if we continue to do these in our next one, I'll have a few of them on there. But um, I put Alien Resurrection. Um, it's the fourth Alien movie. I really think that one and two obviously are complete and total Stone Cold classics. The third one was beyond god-awful, just absolutely horrible. Hated it. Um, right from the beginning. And Alien Resurrection, I think, was pretty good. Has your guy from, uh, who's that uh, superhero? No. Well, it's a super, who's the superhero guy with the horns? 
And he was uh, in Shawshank Redemption. I'm going to have to look this up. He made some comments about he made some comments about the strike, and he how did somebody like I'm gonna I know where you live, like I'm gonna. Oh yeah, yeah, he's great. The, oh, who the hell is this guy I'm talking about? Of course, he's not even in the top. Starring okay, Ron. Ron, Ron uh, yeah, and he was in Hellboy. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. He was in this. Winona Ryder was in it. Dan Hedaya. Quietly, that guy had one hell of a career. The guy from um, Cheers, he played Carla's husband. Uh, he was oh, yeah, guy like from favorite movie ever. From Clueless, um, and of course Brad Dourif. Anytime you do horror movies, a Brad Dourif is in there. It's going to be pretty good. Um, and this had different hybrids of aliens. It took place on a spaceship, like the second one. The third one is more like in a, a camp, like not a slave camp, but um, prison camp. Yeah, it's a type of a prison game. Um, all right, so Alien Resurrection, another one of my quote-unquote honorable mentions would be Child's Play 2. Uh, the first Child's Play was in 1988. The second one started the whole franchise, of course, throughout the 90s and beyond. The second one I thought was good. It started to get a little bit campy. Uh, realized it was kind of funny. There was like, uh, I think Chucky was on the windshield and the woman was driving down the road with the high school girl who was in there besides, of course, the main character. Um, and he's like, and she's flying all over the place trying to get him off the windshield. And he makes yeah. a comment about women drivers. He's like an old, like, he's basically an Archie Bunker and a little doll. Um, yeah. Voiced by Brad Dorff, a very uh, good, not not as good as really the rest, but still, I think uh, a pretty well done movie. And if you like Child's Play, I would recommend that. The the last one I have, and my honorable mention, is Tales from the Hood. Uh, this oh, really? was made in 1994, I believe. Um, had Corbin Burnson in it. Let me try to look this up. I know it had. Um, God Williamson, the, the Clarence Williams the third, um, who if you remember him from Half Bakes, uh, he was a, first of all he's a real actor, he's really act like a real kind of Shakespearean actor, I believe. He's but, a thespian. Yeah, he's a thespian, and he was in Half Baked as the main drug dealer. I want to talk to Samson, <laughs> so he played Samson Half Baked. Um, Tales from the Hood is basically some short stories dealing with police corruption, domestic abuse, rape, abuse racism, and gang violence. Uh, it also stars David Allen Greer, who's had a good comedic career in, from, uh, in Living Color. So, all right, that does it with my honorable mention list. Uh, we can now get into our top 20. Dirty, you want to start us off with number 20? Uh for me, it was uh, the Blair Witch Project. That was in the nineties, huh? Yeah, it was ninety-eight. Son of a gun! All right. Well, hey man, I I missed that on my list. I don't know how the how, the night. I'm going to tell you right now. I missed some movies from the nineties. I can guarantee you that. But oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm the same way. I uh, I you know in my it was like my twenties, so. 
I wasn't really watching a lot of movies and I didn't really pay attention because I didn't really watch a lot of TV in general or, you know, go to the movies. And uh, I was just out like hanging out and living and working. And um, I discovered a lot of these um, just looking up movies and just uh, catching up. And, but yeah, uh, I did go see the Blair Witch Project because there was such a hype around it. They had great PR for it and they played it off like real, real event so i went to see it and i i remember it because uh people either really loved it or they really hated it because there was no move or no music it was all about the acting and the and just using the the set or the the background you know of of the the, uh the environment and all that and uh the 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 subtleties you know like so i i loved it and that's that's what kind of scared me and i mean i wasn't scared but that's what kind of like you know kind of got me was uh you know you you never see anything and how these people are freaking out using you know it's like a i think it was the first one of the first uh single cam style movies of that time and you know you have it all the time you know all in different kinds of movies but uh i know i just thought it was great i thought it was a good story and uh it was something different and um yeah i liked i thought it was good yeah, I thought it was good as well. I don't understand how you could hate it, but uh, it was a divisive movie. I mean, some people just really thought it was lousy. Uh, part of the horror movies from the 90s where it starts is that the earliest that you and I could have seen these was maybe like 15 years old or something. There's a difference when you see a horror movie when you're 10 years old as opposed to when you see one when you're 20. You're just not going to be right. scared. So right. the Blair Witch Project is something maybe if I saw when I was 10 years old. I'd have been like, wow, that was dynamite. As is, I thought it was a very good horror movie. I, boy, I, I really missed the boat on the night. So far, I'm not doing very good uh, with missing movies that I, I, I guess I didn't look them up properly, but that should have been on my list, probably in the top ten. As is, I'm going to keep it off because I didn't originally have it. But, uh, yeah, it was a good selection. Um, let me get my number 20. Uh Dirty, you had mentioned Leprechaun. I imagine it's just the first one you were talking about. Um, the first one I thought was, eh, I mean, it had Jennifer Aniston in it. It was her movie debut with her original nose. <laughs> of course, she's done, had nose oh, surgery wow. since then. Um, and there's probably a few other semi-stars or something in there. I actually think the second Leprechaun was very, very good. So my, my, my number 20 is Leprechaun 2. Um, trying to see if there's any quote unquote stars. I, I don't know. The only person I know that's did anything else major is, uh, I believe his name was Sandy Perrin, who played the neighbor of Jerry Seinfeld's parents on Seinfeld. Um, how was his, let me see if I can look and get his character name. Oh, Jack Klompus. Uh, so huh. Jack Klopas from Seinfeld, very very funny on Seinfeld. Um, anyway, I just I think it was, it was a good movie. It was a little bit scary. It was had a little bit of the camp which Leprechaun has, and uh, yeah. So overall, I think it was a pretty good movie, good enough to be at least number twenty. Hey, in other decades, Leprechaun two would not made the top twenty, but the nineties a little bit lacking for horror movies. I have it at number twenty. Dirty, what do you got for number nineteen? Uh, I got uh, Species. Oh, good one. Good one. Yeah. Um, 
good cinematography. I like the story. I like the idea. Um, I like the fact that it's a, a female uh, character, and it was a different perspective of you know of a monster. It was a, it was a you know Frankenstein situation where they created this beast and uh, it was out of control. Uh, there's a lot of interesting scenes uh, where you know she's trying to she's manipulating a guy, hooks up with him, and then grinds the fuck out of his his crotch um it just just all kinds of shit and it was one of the first movies of its kind um so i, I don't know i liked it i thought it was, it was pretty good i mean for 90s horror you know absolutely i thought it was pretty good too um my number 19 um is uh, i'm doubling up already but it's child's play three um, oh, I wow. do like the Child's Play movies. Number three actually was definitely in a different direction. This was the first one that kind of went not full camp, but was pretty close to that. It takes place on a military. Uh, the main character, Andy, gets sent away to military school basically the whole time. But by now, by the third one, they still think that he either did the murders, uh, was trying to blame a doll, or it was something to that regard where he was um, either, they think he's either making it up or somehow involved. And there's some really, really funny scenes. Uh, Chucky is, is, is actually just hilarious in this movie, if you ask me. Um, not, not a great movie, movie, but it's certainly a fun time. I remember watching that movie and, and having a lot of laughs. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's my number 19 is Child's Play 3. So, Dirty, let's get to number 18 and see what you got for number 18. I got Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. Aha, uh-huh, I remember that one. Uh, it, it was great. I liked the special effects. Peter Jackson's, I think, one of his first, I think his first American movie. Um, great story. It's kind of uh, campy, but still pretty, pretty interesting and kind of scary the way uh the ghosts are and and uh you know the how it killed people and uh it you know takes place in of course like uh it's usually either the south or like a new england town you know just like stephen king does but uh great great location great you know cinematography the special effects is great uh Great cast, I think. Like I said, um, but I was really impressed with Michael J. Fox. I, I was. It was like watching him as an adult, you know. And he really was like, you know, it was it was cool seeing him really act and like in the modern day as an adult rather than playing, you know, child roles. And uh, I, I think he was a badass uh, hero. Yeah, he uh, really tried hard after he got out of family ties to really reversed his uh, typecasting, really, uh, which, you know, he he tried to do casualties of war with Sean Penn, and he really just ended up... Yeah, he really, in my opinion, he just really ended up getting blown off the screen by Sean Penn. Um, but this one was a little more successful. I mean, I liked the casualties of the movie, just not him really as much. But this was a success, as it was uh, as far as a comedy movie. He did a comedy movie called Greed, which was freaking hilarious. Uh, he wasn't the funniest part. I mean, Phil Hartman 
was just a kind of a comic genius was just perfect, almost perfect in that movie. But uh, yeah, Michael J. Fox is that a pretty good career? I think uh, Frighteners was a pretty good movie. Uh, for my number eighteen, um, this is a Stephen King. I don't know if I have too many other. I guess I have a few more Stephen King in this decade, but. Um, yeah, he's, anything Stephen King will certainly dominate most uh, decades. I have the only book. It was a good movie. The book was better than the movie. The only one I believe that he wrote under the nom de, was it a nom de plume or a pseudonym, whatever. It's, it was uh, Richard Bachman. Anyway, the movie is called Thinner. It was a really, really interesting story about a guy who basically – Driving down the road, his wife is giving him moral sex, and he hits a gypsy from a from a native tribe who is selling things in town. Uh, don't know how she was walking in the you know near the streets in the middle of the night, but either way, he doesn't report it. He goes, he doesn't face. Uh, I think he is, he's got a high price lawyer. He's rich, gets him off, and then he eats. A cursed strawberry pie. Everything unfolds from there. Uh, the book is really, I think, m- more, it's definitely more sad than the movie. If they even go deeper into things about what happened to him, his family, not just him. Anyway, uh, movie is thinner. Like it. My number 18 selection. Um, let's go on with your number 17 selection. Let's see. The audition. Ah, the audition. Tell me a little bit. Ring a bell. So, so audition is a Japanese horror film. Um, it's I, I heard about it actually through uh, IMF. I believe has a has their own countdown, and uh, Rob Zombie was naming his favorites, and one of his favorites is the audition. And I was like, huh, oh, interesting. So I looked it up and watched it, and it's basically about this woman who auditions for a film, she goes to, like, this film producer's house, and basically she, like, tortures him. And it's, like, one of the first, like, human monster-style genres uh, where it's just all about noise, sounds, and just just extreme, just intensity. And she's just real smooth and casual. One thing is she... She paralyzes the guy, but he's still able to feel pain, but he can't speak. So she starts, like, she takes, like, a, she takes, like, a wire strip, and then she starts, I starts, like, cutting him, and he, you know, he's unable to really scream, and uh it's just, it, it, but the way she's acting, you know, and how smooth and casual she is, but she's just torturing the shit out of this guy. It's fascinating, like, it's, it's intense. It's like before, before the movies that you see now, like, it was the first of its kind, and I think that's like, uh, that's like a Japanese style. There's lots of, like, fucked up sounds and intensity and just ultra pain, and so. Yeah, Japanese horror movies are definitely known for their intensity, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's some other book or movie I read or watched where somebody used that drug on somebody, and it's something that 
makes it so that you can't move or speak or it basically renders you lifeless except for your feelings. And you can't feel pain. And I forget which other horror movie they used it in, but, um, yeah, that's a, quite a horrible drug. Um, yeah. Actually, you know, I think it was used in something where they thought that somebody was dead and they couldn't say, like, hey, I'm not dead or whatever. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Um, number sure, I'm 17, my number 17 is The Exorcist Part 3. Um, huh. I famously did not have the first Exorcist. In the 1970s, basically everyone would, I'm sure anybody who has an opinion would probably berate me for that. I understand. It's a classic, but I didn't have it in there. Uh, Exorcist 2 came out in the later half of the 70s. I think it took place in Africa and a few other, uh, maybe another few other continents. But Exorcist 3 was a completely, uh, a turnaround. Linda Blair was not in the sits. Uh, George C. Scott. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Of course, Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif is in this. Um, what I did like about it is uh, I didn't quite like the ending as much, or it got to a point where, to be honest with you, Brad Dourif's character I, I did not like in, in the movie uh, when he starts to go back and forth with George C. Scott. Mm-hmm. I did actually like the first 45 to 60 minutes of it uh, where there's people getting uh, killed in New York City, and um, some of the visuals are pretty interesting as far as who the spirit takes control of. Yeah. Uh, there's a hospital and some nurses involved in a couple of the scenes that are really uh, kind of kind of intense and scary. So I, I do – I would include that uh, towards the end of my list. That's my number 17. So we're on to 16. Um Dirty, what do you got for number 16, 1990s greatest horror movies? Uh, the movie Stigmata. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, I did see that. Uh, Billy Corgan did the uh, the music from that, did this. Uh, oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, when it came out, it was like, came out in 99, so... A lot of movies back then uh, were all geared towards the end of days, you know, revelations, you know, everything's going to, everything's going to go to shit. So it was like, you know, uh, it's something, I guess, in the Bible where, you know, talks about people are conduits and signs from God. But it was, I don't know, it was a pretty good movie. Um, it, 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 it's, it's very '90s the way the the uh, the fonts are and the and the wording you know and the words and uh, the music and the fashion you know the wardrobe and all that and the looks but uh, I don't know I thought it was okay yeah it was really was okay dirty what's that isn't Patricia Arquette in that yeah she's the uh, she's the star. Good actress, yeah. Um, yeah. I did, I did go see that at the theaters. Um, oh, wow. All right, so let's uh, continue on number 16. Number 16 is a movie that you and I talked about this in the 1980s. I think we, we were talking about the creep show, and I think you thought it was part of the creep show film series. Technically, it is. I mean, it was directed by uh, – actually, no, it wasn't directed by George A. Romero. He was a producer for this one. 
but it's Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, mm-hmm. uh, done in 1990. Very well done. I'm not going to go too much more into it because we talked about it kind of at length as if it was on the 80s list. But my favorite one from this, I believe, God, I believe Blondie was in this. Um, Debbie Harry? Yeah. Debbie Harry was a Christian Slater. David Johansson from the New York Dolls who oh, wow. did some questionable projects in the late 80s and early 90s. Ugh. You know that he did that song, Hot, Hot, Hot? Oh, baby, doing good, but sad, but doing hot, hot, hot. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of pop. I did that suck. Anyway, um, William Hickey. Now, wasn't he, he's the old guy, he talks like this, he's like a little old, he was in like a couple of mafia movies, he played the grandfather from National Anthem's Christmas Vacation, plays a great uh, old guy. James Remar. Now, the, the the one scene that is my favorite for the sketch is the last one, which basically just starts out. I'm not going to go go too much more into it. It starts off with a ghoul on top of a building, um, and that ghoul eventually comes to life. Is basically the, uh, what I'll say about it. But James Remar. And by the way, one thing I'll say is that it's too bad that we're only doing. Um, movies and not TV. That is something we can get into as far as other horror stuff because there was a lot of good episodes on Tales from the Crypt. Um, Tales from the Crypt really provided a lot of good little short horror stories from that decade. I mean, at least like two dozen that I can remember offhand that were very good. So uh, James Remar was one of my more favorite ones from uh, Tales from the Crypt. But anyway, so that's my number... What is that? Sixteen. That is number sixteen. Dirty. What do you got for number fifteen? Uh, the hand that rocks the cradle. Oh, good one. Um, just a good thriller. Uh, a good story. One of those films that just uh, at the time I thought it was it was really good. Uh, suspenseful. Um, I don't know. I just I just thought it was all around you know good movie. Yeah. And creepy. Um, for the guy that played the uh, slow, he was slow, and it was from Forrest Gump. The girl is from uh, Risky Business. Rebecca DeMornay. She played the antagonist in that movie. Um, yeah, I can't remember the husband and the wife who was uh, who they were, but. Yeah, that was a very popular movie, too. It came out. That was a a huge hit. Um, I've heard it referenced in, in many TV shows and, and popular culture. So a very good one there. Um, number 15 on my list. You know, this is one that's arguable about whether or not it's a horrible movie. It's probably more science fiction than it is horror. But the first two of these were of these movies were horror. So I'm going to include it in there. I have Army of Darkness by Sam Raimi. Oh, okay. Continues Evil Dead 2, but again, it's more in a science fiction way, but I love the, I love the, uh, the dead people in, in the movies, uh, that he's got, uh, basically the, the, the walking skeletons. Uh, even though, I mean, some walking skeletons are just, um, really of, of no harm to anybody. If you just kick them in there, they fall over. 
but I like the, the skeleton characters in this. I like the war scenes and the different battles and going to different parts of the past. Um, and I was always hoping that they would, that Raimi would continue that. I know these guys don't like to do too much of the same stuff, but I was hoping that to continue Army of Darkness. I believe that one ended the way that the second one did. Any sort of, uh, oh, where do we go from here? What if there's adventures yeah. he's going to have? And I, I really kind of respect he had continued that and made that a franchise. I think that would have been very welcomed by the fans because it's become such a cult uh, series of movies. Anyway, all right, so that's my number 15 is Army of Darkness. What do you got for number 14? Uh, the, the Good Son. Hey, wow, with uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he's really good in it. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like child horror movies are. I, I like them because uh, it's you know it's a kid, so they can manipulate the situation. And he's always had that smirk on his face, like his his, his uh, signature look, especially as a kid. And uh, he um, he was he was really good as a villain. Yeah, and that's something, too, where, if you remember, he had a notorious uh, father who was, like, the father from hell on set and was very, you know, kind of getting in director's faces. And, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it that way? And right, right. He actually was the one. He kind of took over Macaulay Culkin's career a little bit. Of course, he was actually pushing him to do more of these kind of movies. So he's not typecast. <laughs> it's amazing if you have a... What a twelve year old kid you know, eleven year old kid, you don't want to be typecast and he's home alone things. It's like oh, okay yeah. dad, like uh, I'll take like play like a killer or something or I'll play like a right. a um odd thing to go through as as a twelve year old to try to make sure you're not being typecast. But I think it was a very good performance. I really think Macaulay Calkins one of the greatest child actors. Uh, he's fantastic in the home alone movies, he was great in Uncle Buck. Um Yeah, yeah, he's actually really good. Yeah. Okay, so we're on number 14. I got to say, guys, I'm going to cut my 14 a little bit short, and I'm going to almost kind of replace it. I mean, the first thing I'll say is I had The Bride of Chucky, which this is the third and proud play movie I'm talking about. I'm kind of tired of talking about this. I guess you could say it was my favorite one just because it was uh, the most, I don't know, pushing the boundaries of furthest was full on camp. Chucky gets high with, uh, a female doll who was played by, oh, God. Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly, of course, yeah. And she's really kind of, I don't remember her doing much after this movie except for, because I remember that she did that movie where she had the uh, uh, female uh, sort of lesbian scenes kissing with. Yeah, yeah. But it was a kind of a big deal. After this, I don't really remember her in too many things, so she's kind of like, I think she went to a lot of those Comic-Con things where she dressed up as her character. Um, I think she went to that character a few times, but um, I'm actually going to I'm gonna throw one of the, I only had three honorable mentions. I just thought of this one for some reason. I think my my research has got cut a little short. I mean, that's why I, I missed some things, but... There's a movie that I want to talk about briefly. Oh, God, if I can get to it. Uh, huh. 
let me try this for a few seconds. I'm not going to hold this up. Looks long. Let's see if I can get not, we'll just move on and I'll try to come back to it. Here we go. Okay. Guillermo del Toro. Um, he did a movie in 1997 that took place in the Chicago, Chicago Field Museum. I want to say, um, let me see. I'm sorry for the small case of this one. Uh, I believe it did take place in the Chicago Field Museum. And it's a movie called Mimic. Uh, oh, it's about oh. an old-style beast that somehow gets delivered as an old relic. There's another movie called Relic, which I, I didn't see that one, but this is... Oh, jeez. You know what? I'm sorry. I... I screwed this up. I believe I meant to say relic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you have live. Uh, relic. Let me see if I can get this up. Okay. Well, he's a little, he's a little close. I guess the other one is about cockroach. This is Guillermo del Toro. This one is Peter Hyams. Um, and, yeah, it does take place in the Chicago Field Museum of Natural History. And basically, natural history. There's some things that get to live there that are part of, you know, that are part of history. Old uh, fossils and bones and different things to be shown off when they do their reconstructions of dinosaurs and all these kind of things. So anyway, one of the things that gets delivered is a box that apparently has this old beast in it, I guess, and it's it is the relic. Um, it's really kind of scary. It, it lives there in the field museum and. Uh, Mayhem ensues basically after that. So if you guys haven't seen that, it's 1997, The Relic. I do highly recommend it. Anyway, okay, so that was my number 14. We are moving on to number 13. Dirty, what do you got? I got uh, and I got Stephen King's It on TV. Um, it was a TV movie, but it's still a movie. Okay. I uh, I. It was a good cast, whoever, but really it was like, it was, uh, it was, it was a, it was good. It was, it was a good movie in the sense that I think like the, it was Pennywise was scary as hell in that movie. Um, I, I think they could have done more, but, um, I just felt that it was just, you know, it was, it was like the birth of the popularization of the scary clown. Um, and it's there's nothing like Stephen King, you know, nothing like Pennywise and Stephen King's It. Um, I like, you know, I like the new ones as well, but this one, you know, at the time, it just kind of like freaked me out because, in a way, because it was just like, it was just scary, you know. Uh, I thought that, uh, let's see. Yeah, Tim Curry. He was amazing in it. Um I yeah, he was he was amazing. That's you know, sad he passed away. He was a he was a great a character actor, but uh Oh, when did he pass away? Like four years ago, I believe. Curry? Okay. Yeah, sad sad, but uh yeah, he's he's great in it. Yeah, great cast. I love that movie, man. It's the T V movie, what they did um, with it being a TV movie and how scary it can be as just a TV movie was 
phenomenal. I mean, I, I give yeah. that high acclaim. Um, all right, so that was year number 13. Guess what? I have another Stephen King for my number 13. And this comes from an amazing collection of short stories. I freaking love it. It's called Nightmares and Dreamscapes. It's in 1992, and it's got so many great stories in there. Well, I'm uh, positioning as my number 13 selection is called The Night Flyer. Huh. Uh, 1997, if you guys haven't seen it, it is really good. Number one, it's got a great, great main star, Gail Ferrer. If you guys haven't seen this guy, I'm going to get into his, to what he's done. He played a character... And RoboCop, uh, him and the guy, the dad from that funny show, I guess, were two main bad guys of the evil, uh, corporation, I guess, in that movie. Um, he was also in, it looks like, uh, using Mulan. Uh, he was in Iron Man 3, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, NCIS LA. That's right. I knew he was on there. So he passed away, too. He was a heavy smoker. But, yeah, he played Owen Granger in NCIS Los Angeles 2017, which is actually the year that he passed away. Uh, this movie was great. It's the night flyer. It's a vampire that travels by plane to different cities. It's basically airports. Um, and it's much more, uh, it's much more than that. Uh, that's the basis for it. The vampire... When the vampire is finally revealed and you see the vampire, mm-hmm. it is really a grotesque. It, it reminds me of Salem's Lot a little bit in that I've never seen a vampire look like that before. It has some characteristics. Not going to tell you too much more about it, but I highly recommend if you like vampire movies, watch The Night Flyer. Um, Miguel Ferrer is fantastic as the reporter that's chasing him down from city to city. Uh, of course, nobody thinks he's a vampire. They think he's a, some kind of serial killer. And he goes to small airports. He's not going to LaGuardia. Um, he's not going to JFK. So it's, he's going to uh, smaller airports, which is how he's able to get away with this. Anyway, The Night Flyer by Stephen King. Uh, definitely, at least the book is by Stephen King. Short story. Let's move on to the next one, number 12. Dirty, what do you got for number 12? Uh, Cape Fear. Excellent. De Niro, Scorsese. Yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, this classic De Niro. Uh, he, uh, I don't know, just, uh, he's a, he plays a good villain, uh, good psychopath. Uh, it was all the tattoos in the beginning scene, uh, just, you know, the, the overconfidence. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I just thought he was intense and, um, he just looked pretty menacing. I liked how he, uh, he, you know, he, he just basically haunted this family. Uh, Nick Nolte plays a good, you know, victim, uh, that, you know, he's failed. You know, he, he failed at him, you know, claims he failed at him, you know, failed at the system, and, you know, he, it's it's just great. I like it. It is. And who plays the – Nick Nolte's daughter went on to become a pretty big star. Uh, 
Bridget Fonda? No, that's not. Um, um, oh, uh, she's not a Fonda. I know you're talking about. She's still a pretty good. Uh, she's a really good drive or a good actress. She's a Dreyfus, I believe. California with Brad Pitt. Right. Um, As her heyday. What's, yeah. What's the name of this movie? Cape Fear. I, I, I'm sorry, man. If I haven't got my fingertips, I can't not look it up. Um, Juliet Lewis. Yeah, Julia Lewis, yeah. And not guess what? Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum is in this. He was in the original Cape Fear. Robert Mitchum, man, is a badass actor who did a great job playing those type of characters. He's in a classic called The Night of the Hunter back I think it was in 1955. And I don't was he in Shane? Um I think so, yeah. Mitchell. Anyway, classic Real actor, smooth. Really smooth. Awesome, great cast, uh, good selection. Um so it's number twelve for my number twelve, mine is a um you know, the nineties heralded sort of a new sort of uh I call them friends horror movies which is like a bunch of good-looking kids, basically. Actually, you can yeah. tell about a lot of 80s movies, too, but um, this one was just a collection of people that were in WB TV shows, whatever. Everyone remembers it. I know what you said last summer. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that, though. I think it was uh, Johnny Galecki was in this movie, and it was a... Uh, he was in it, and it was a kind of, uh, again, a detour for him doing family TV shows. He's actually pretty good in it. I do believe that the the killer was uh, a good sort of base for a killer as far as just the person's outfit and the hook. Uh, somebody that got people. Uh, I do think it was successful as far as it being uh, having some suspense casts. Um, you know, whatever. It's just a bunch of young people. It's got Jennifer Love Hewitt. Sarah Michelle Keller, Ryan Philippe, Ray Prince Jr., amongst so young famous people. Um, and I mean, that's really about as much as I could say. A lot of people want to see it. And that's my number 12 uh, for that's for our movies in the 90s. We actually have one of these coming up before we're going to end part one of the series, of this uh, episode. So, Dirty, let's get down to it. We have our last ones. Of the best of the first half of the best horror movies of the nineties. What do you got for number eleven? Uh, let's see here. The Sixth Sense. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, again, another borderline horror movie as versus I don't know thriller, psychological thriller, whatever. But yeah, right. Huge. Huge movie at the end of the night. Is there anything else you want to say about the Sixth Sense? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I was just, I, it was just a good movie. It's like you said. Uh, I, I I know this is a lot of '90s horror. Um, like they had, like I, I believe they had bigger budgets, so it was like better production. Um, right. It was just you know. Uh, I don't think he was around yet. Um, or no. Yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah, he's the, 
he wrote it and directed. But yeah, uh, it was a good movie. Uh, I like his style. Um, he, uh, good suspense. He's really good at like, uh, you know, at plot twists and, um, it was like subtle, subtle shock, you know, um, but for the most part, it was, you know, it was just a, it was just a good movie. And, um, I, I like, you know, I like the characters. I thought Bruce Willis is really good. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, the beginning scene was really good. Um, how the ghost would speak to, uh, uh, the kid and, uh, you know, you, the whole time you don't know Bruce Willis is actually a spirit until the right. end. Yeah. Johnny Wahlberg so, has a good role in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just a good movie. I liked it. Yeah. Um, twist at the end. I mean, again, the huge just, I believe, seems like stuck around forever. Um, yeah. My number 11 is borderline whether or not it's a horror movie as well. Um it's billed as a horror comedy. I didn't laugh too much at it, but uh, my number 11 selection is Arachnophobia. What I love about it is I love movies about dangerous animals, insects, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's got sharks, it's got alligators, it's got spiders, um, some of the more, more scarier ones. This one, I really kind of liked it. I like the cinematography in the beginning of it. It's directed by Frank Marshall, who's the brother of the older brother of Penny Marshall. Oh, wow. uh, very good. Yeah, very good cinematography in the beginning when they go into the Brazilian rainforest, which of course has the biggest spiders there, these big three foot long uh, spiders, uh, which I guess those actually will kill you more with their fangs as far as blood loss rather than venom, but uh, as opposed to the tiny little spiders that have different colors to them, black uh, widow yeah. and different kinds. But, um, and there's a big, there's a spider, which I guess uh, goes back to America. There's uh, one of the stars in it, he just, I guess, went missing for a while, and they found him dead. He was a hiker, as it turns out. Uh, and he was in some science fiction movies. The guy's name. You mean recently? Julie, yeah, Julian Sands. Did you hear about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Warlock or something? Right. Um which I believe maybe uh, was uh, Leprechaun in, in Warlock, the actor. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, good good movie. Uh, John Goodman, I guess, provides a little bit of comedy, but uh, Jeff Daniels is really kind of the average, mellow, sort of nondescript actor. Uh, right, right. And I guess that's about it. It's kind of a hit. There's a, a big standoff in the, in the end, which is actually very interesting. It's got a good ending, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've gone back to see it multiple times since. So, anyway, Rackophobia 1990, that will wrap up our, we'll say, 20 through 11 list of, of 1990s horror movies. Hang on with us. We're going to do part two. Uh, we'll try to go through that quickly. Uh, Dirty and I are, are getting a little bit tired. We both had long days today. So we will keep the spirit rolling for our, our conclusion to this 1990s of horror movies. And we will 
be right back. 